0: This is Gateway City Sports. Oh, we out of right in the face of Brandon Phillips. And now he is turning up.
1: Now, wait a minute. Hold on here. Now Ted Simmons is getting into it, throwing punches
0: at Madlock, and down they go as the bench is cleared. Edmonds hit 42 home runs during the regular season, and we are going to Game Seven in the National League Championship Series. Look out! Here we go, and here come both dugouts. Swinging a long one. Good night, everybody. Good night. This is Turn and Two with Battle. Hello, Cardinal fans, and welcome to episode number eight of the Turn and Two podcast. Today, I've got the Springfield Cardinals general manager Dan Ryder on with me. Uh, Dan, how's everything going today?
1: Busy, so running around uh, trying to get ready for Opening Day.
0: Awesome, yeah, and I am I am completely ecstatic for. Um, finally having baseball back in Springfield last year was, was terrible. Absolutely terrible.
1: I agree. I mean, it's, you know, for a lot of reasons, for the community, for our fans, for our staff here at the front office, you know, for the players, you know, they, they missed out on some of the development. Uh, it was, it was truly brutal, but uh, you know, the silver lining is I think opening day and that first pitch will be that much sweeter. Absolutely. Um, so
0: I've I've been going to Springfield Cardinals games since day one. I mean, literally, we had tickets to that that um, I want to say the first exhibition game um, against St. Louis. So, I mean, I've been there since day one. What have your uh, roles been over the years from when you started, et cetera, et cetera?
1: Oh man, I again, I've been here since day one as well. Um, this was. I started here when I was 24 years old and uh, now I'm 40. So uh, a lot's changed, um, bigger belts, less hair, uh, but a lot of jobs along the way. And, you know, when I first started, I they were only gonna have five sales reps. And so I was the throw in bonus hire number six. Um, so I, I sold a lot of season tickets, group tickets. Uh, from there, I, you know, became a sales manager, Um did sales manager for a while, started learning corporate sales. Uh, They created, you know, I became the director of, of sales, um, vice president of sales and marketing. And then uh, I've now been general manager since June of 2017. So, uh, you know, a lot of sales marketing PR is really kind of where my strengths are. Um, But one of the fun things about minor league baseball is you do a lot of other things. Um, I've been the on-field MC. You know, I've been the PA announcer. Uh, all of us help fill in for the field crew. Uh, I've even donned the mascot uniform a few different times over the year. So I think that's one of the fun things about minor league baseball that I love, and I think works well with my personality is that you don't do one thing. And I think that's one of the beauties of of working in minor league baseball.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I, I I had no idea that that you had that it, you had put on the. Uh, the whole outfit before so uh, i've always wanted to
1: know is it hot in there absolutely uh, i was the i mean the first time i did it was a special event um on a newly paved uh parking lot in the middle of july it was smoking hot um but that's why we encourage them stay hydra- stay hydrated take breaks uh and it was fun i mean it's it's one of the things if you are a mascot you can do things that people find funny that normally would get you punched in the face. And for example, if someone's throwing popcorn and hit you in the ear, you turn around and you're ready to be mad. When you see it's a mascot, you laugh and think it's hilarious. Um, You can walk into a suite, pick up uh, plates and throw them at Frisbees like people and they laugh and they think it's funny. If I did that as a normal person, you'd think I was insane and trying to start a fight. So it's a, it's a fun thing to do. And I'm glad I've got that experience um under my belt to uh to do a lot of those different jobs I mentioned in my league baseball
0: yeah absolutely I would say one of the one of the the things that I noticed back in 2019 was was um after a rain delay you were squeegeeing water off the warning track and I was like this guy does everything like I mean I've seen you all over the ballpark even before you taken over uh the GM roles so um yeah I mean I've literally seen you do it all and I mean that's still pretty cool, and
1: we all do. It's it's not just me. You know, it's our entire staff. You know, you, you know, it's it's not making the big revenue that you might have in in the professional sports leagues of the Big Four. So you have to be creative, and you have to be willing to wear a lot of hats. And uh, you know, I think if you take anyone that doesn't have that sense of uh, no humility and no teamwork, they're not going to last in this industry. And you know, I'm very proud for the team that I work with and to know that there's so many of them that are willing to do things outside of their comfort zone, you just know it needs to be done. So it's, you know, it's not just me. And I think people, if they know my job or they know me, it's easy to focus on that, but there's a lot of other people that you might not know what their job duties are that are doing the exact same thing. And uh, it really goes into having a culture of teamwork within minor league baseball.
0: Absolutely. Um, so Let's jump into the 2021 season. Um, we got a new manager coming into town. Have you guys met yet? And um, do you know much about him, I guess?
1: I, I have not met him. Um, maybe in passing at some different Cardinals organizational stuff over the years. Um, and unfortunately, we haven't got the chance to, to catch up. Uh, and I think that you know he's worried about the, the protocols and everything that's got to be different with minor league spring training getting ready to um, and I'm worried about making sure our stadium's ready to open for fans. So uh, I don't think there's any disrespect either way. I think both of us have just got a, a, extraordinary workload that we're trying to focus in on, but I'm excited. I'm excited to get to chat with him. Uh, you know, find out more about him. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I've always appreciated about our different managers we've had are their different versions of leadership. And you don't become a manager at the AA level without, having great leadership skills yourself, but also trying to teach others those leadership skills. And, and that's what I look forward to with every one of our managers is to see those different elements that they bring. Um, you know, right now, Mike Schilt, what I'll, what I'll tell you about Mike Schilt, whenever he was the manager here, he, he was so prepared. It was unbelievable. Um, I, I can't remember seeing any other coach or manager as prepared as he was that he was a student of the game, but he also had a never ending work ethic to make sure he was prepared for not just that game, but preparing for the future. Uh, And I think to see that was amazing. And then, you know, you go to Joe Krusel and when you have a guy like Joe Krusel, who'd been our manager, his ability to connect with people was amazing. You know, you could hand him a microphone and you'd think he was a career MC you'd think he was in PR with the way that he could you know, work a crowd and that he could create relationships and make people smile. And for me, it's always neat with the manager to see what that element is that they bring so that I can try to learn and become a better, uh, leader, better leader myself.
0: Yeah, I would say that's one of the things that I took away from Joe um, back in 2019 was he was constantly interacting with the, the kids uh, whenever he'd come down to third base. And, um, I mean, that was pretty cool. Um, but,
1: but the key about Joe, though, is he liked to do it when people weren't watching and if people watched, the answer. is Yes, because he's the manager. But one point, you know, for kids run the bases, I took a picture of him high fiving people. And the next day he wanted to talk to me and he said, hey, you know, you, you posted that and you said really nice things. He goes, but I didn't do that. So you would post it. And, and I said, you know, Joe, I know that. And if I thought you did, I wouldn't have posted it. And I just think that's a great story because it really did show he wanted to do it to make a difference and help those kids love baseball. He didn't want someone taking a photo to show off that he did it. And, and that's one of those great things too that I love about Joe was it didn't matter if there was a camera or not. He was very true to himself and following his principles. Absolutely. Um, so
0: for Hammondsfield this summer for either people coming or season ticket holders, what are we, what are we looking at uh, with COVID protocols um, and all of that?
1: It's going to be different, you know, and I, and I say that just right out of the gate. It's going to be different. Do not expect to walk in and watch a baseball game like you used to. Um, we want to get to that, you know, and, and even then I don't, I'll say, I don't want to get to that because I just want to improve. And I think that's a part of, you know, being here at the Springfield Cardinals, I love what we do. I'm proud of what we do, but I want to make sure we always have an eye on improvement. And I think some of those improvements um, could stick. And, you know, for example, we are going to digital tickets and, you know, to me, that's a little scary because I love paper tickets. I, I do, you know, I paid five extra dollars when I went to the Neil diamond concert, just to have my ticket printed. I love printed tickets, but you know, from what we've seen right now, it's going to reduce those touch points but the teams we're talking to that have already made that switch talk about how easy it is for fans to pass along their tickets. If someone at the last minute says, Hey, I can't go. You're not tracking down their tickets to give to someone else. All you can sit there and do it on your cell phone and get them to someone else within five minutes. And I think that's the part, digital tickets are coming. Um, What else is going to be different? Our concession stands are going to be cashless. And, And again, I think as people hear that change, you know, the research is actually out there showing that it actually helps transaction time uh, because it makes people order more what they want versus trying to figure out what fits within their $10 bill. Um, but it also they're not fumbling around to get the right amount of cash. No one else is counting it and giving it back. It's a very simple card swipe and you move on. So I think transaction times are going to be faster at the concession stands, which is going to be great. Um, we also, uh you know, with beer vendors, the way they've always operated and and transitioning money back and forth. um, We actually, I don't, I don't know if we're gonna have it by opening day, but we should have it in the first month of the season that we're actually going to have mobile ordering uh, where you can order from the comfort of your seat. You'll know when it's ready. Um, We may even have delivery added to it. Um, But to me, those are features that, that we are jumping in because of COVID, but might stick around a long time to make the experience better. Um, Now, the flip side of that is the rules. And and specifically, if you're asking about the rules, we're not going to hide from them because we have to follow them. And and first of all, masking, you know, it's a topic it's not fun to talk about. I have no doubts I'm going to be yelled at about it this year, but we will always follow the most strict of the masking protocols. So if MLB says that we still have to mask, but the city of Springfield takes away their policy, we're still going to have masks. If MLB takes theirs away, but the city says we have to have masking, we're going to have masking. And and again, it's not, it's not fun. I've got a two-year-old I'm trying to get him used to uh, wearing a mask so that he can come and watch baseball games, but you know, we are going to have masking. And, And what I'd also tell people is that, you know, attendance is a choice. We completely understand you have the right to choose to come to a Springfield Cardinals game and you have the right to say, you don't want to come to a game. Um, but once you do, you know, attendance is a choice, masking is not, you know, we have to follow the rules. Um, second, you know, right now we are uh, Angela Dekey, She's our, our uh, director of ticket operations. She is sitting two offices away from me, putting all of our um, members into the ticket system to where they're going to be socially distanced from people around them. And so unless something changes with the city ordinance between now and May 4th, you know, you're going to be in seating pots. And that's really the way it's not just a seat, it's really here's your pod that's kind of its own different entity. Um, so people are going to be seated in every other row. Uh, there's a couple spots in the ballpark where we have to create a buffer zone from both the dugouts and the bullpens. Um, but you'll be seated every other row, row in your own seating pod. Uh, and we'll have to wear masks unless you're actively eating or drinking. Um, and, you know, and I'll clarify too, I know people want to hold a bottle of water and say they're drinking. That's that, that's not actively drinking. Um, but the reason we have all these is to keep the player safe. And, you know, really, you already mentioned in here that not playing baseball was awful and not having minor league baseball last year was brutal. And I think the worst thing that could happen is for us to start playing. And then all of a sudden there's a player outbreak. So we need to make sure that our environment is safe. And even though you as a fan may not interact with the players, what that doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that fans aren't interacting with me who then interacts with the player. And that's why you kind of have to have that is is really there's only one degree of separation between the fans and the players. And we have to make sure that we can keep them playing and keep them going all year long.
0: Yeah, that's that's important, um, especially for the uh, longevity of the season. Um, So let me ask you this, because I've kind of gone back and forth on a little bit. The. I guess the new Texas league, the central league, I guess is what it's called the new schedule, et cetera, et cetera. Um, they're going to play one team for what was it, five or six days. Is that right?
1: Six games in a row.
0: Okay. Six games in a row. And then they got a travel day me personally. And I've gone back and forth on this with myself. I, I kind of like it. I honestly, I honestly do because I think, I think that it's going to be better for the players. I think, uh, one travel day, you know, you look for it instead of, I mean, these guys are stuck in a bus, you know, every other time, you know, sometimes multiple times a week. Um, but I, I kind of feel like they, they might, that, that might settle in. I, I don't know. And you could think differently and that's fine. I, I kind of just feel like that might be better long-term, I guess, for the crunch of uh, being in a bus and a bunch of guys. It, it,
1: you know, what you're alluding to, um, I agree with the general principle. And, and what I'll say is I think your general principle is actually a step back, is that the pandemic is forcing change, and some change can be very positive change. Mm-hmm. Um, I am very excited to see how this plays out because I agree uh, that I think that it has the potential to be extremely positive. Um, whenever the, the powers of be that Major League Baseball came up with a system – I have no idea if they're thinking there's potential for long-term or not. Uh, but I'm really excited to see how it plays out because I think there's a lot of positives. Here's what I'll also say as an operator, I'm pumped to not have Monday home games. <laughs> Monday home games are brutal. So if you can give me a schedule of Tuesday through Sundays every year, I'd take it. I'd be excited about it. Like, yes, no Mondays. So I'm excited of it from the a business side. I wholeheartedly agree. It's got the potential to make travel better for players. Um, we'll have to see what the feedback is at the end of the year. So I don't know if they're planning on making that permanent. I don't know if it's a one year changeover. Um, but I do think it's got a lot of potential to learn from.
0: Yeah. I just, I looked at it in the travel aspect, I guess. And, Oh, it it would be rough doing that multiple times a week. Um, but I, I mean, I do like the uh, the outlook on the schedule. It seemed like for the first couple months, maybe that it was away or home away home away.
1: Um, yeah, it, it didn't really quite fall into the home away as much. Um, and this year's different too because they're trying to, even though we're Double A Central and we're going to be a ten team league, we're not going to play everyone in our league this year because they're trying to essentially essentially reduce the number of bubbles you're interacting with. So we're only going to play 6 unique opponents this year as opposed to playing 9 of them. And you know every team they might they're going to be in that same thing where they may not play everyone because they're trying to limit this. And, and what I'll say overall, you know, I really think Major League Baseball got a really bad deal in the 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 in the last year where people are talking about the changes to the minor leagues. I think they got a really bad deal because I think there's some amazing changes that they're going to be bringing forward. Um, I think they've got some great ideas on how to make things better for fans. I think the players are going to benefit immensely. Uh, and I think that some of the stuff they're looking at on extra off days for the players, increasing the player pe- play, um, how travel is going to affect these guys. You know, I think what they're looking at is is fantastic for the working conditions of the players. Um, but I also think there there's going to end up being some great benefits with the fans and how fans are going to benefit from this new system too. So I'm excited. I'm really excited to see not just this year. I think this year and next year will still be a little bit weird, but once we start getting into 2023 to kind of see how fluid this is and how, how much the changes are going to help. um, I'm excited for the new system. I really am. And uh, you know, even the name, you mentioned double A central, you know, we'll always be proud that we are in the Texas league we'll always have our one Springfield Cardinals championship from the Texas league. You know, we'll always be proud of that affiliation, but across the rest of the country, if you say you're with the Springfield Cardinals in the Texas league, they don't know what that means. And and now if you're like, yeah, we're in double a central. Well, right now it's like, okay, well, they're at the double a level of play. And then they're in the central part of the country. So to me, the geographic naming of the league, I, I actually can see being beneficial for people understanding the entirety of the of the minor league baseball system,
0: yeah, I kind of I kind of digged it too, honestly. Um, so, is the kind of stepping back a bit? Is the attendance is it capped for this season, or is there potential to grow um, later in the season? It,
1: there's potential for growth. Um, so, Major League Baseball is allowing each team to have capacity based on their local ordinances. So right now in Springfield, we expect that we're gonna have around 2,500, um, but we'll, we'll keep working with the city of Springfield and the Springfield Green County Health Department um, to open up because do we want more fans? Yes, but we wanna make sure we have safe fans. And, and if we're working with the city and they're more comfortable with the reduced number, they're there safely, then I'm all for it. You know, I'm a, I'm a resident of Springfield. You know, I live here. I'm proud to be here. I want to keep my community safe. And the the Springfield Cardinals, we want to do everything we can to be good community partners. Um, but they are building in the opportunity to grow. And even now, you know, I'm on planner by nature. So this is tough to not be able to plan, you know, the entirety of the season. But we are planning on flexibility. And the way that we're going to try to see people right now is as Angela's putting everyone in the system. If you're every other row and you've got three seats in between you, then there's the potential to go in and fill that middle row with a a, a pod of two or three people that are sitting in between you. So um, we're we're trying to be flexible with our plan on how to be flexible for the future. Uh, But we'll keep working with the the city and the Springfield Green County Health Department. They've already been amazing to work with. Um, They've already helped us loosen some restrictions and people may not know that. Um, but they did. Uh, Originally there was only going to be eight in the suites and they allowed us to go to 10. Originally we were going to have to sit every third row and they're working with us to be every other row. Um, I think that they really are trying to work with us to let people safely watch baseball. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: I, I figure opening day, opening week, opening month, may be insane, if not the whole season. I mean, um, I, I figure people are ready to get back out to the ballpark for sure. Um, yeah,
1: we, we've seen a spike. I mean, uh, we're having a lot of people calling in to buy memberships because they understand that seating is going to be limited and they're wanting to make sure that they have their tickets. Um, my in-laws, they're they're becoming members for the first times for that reason. They want to make sure that they've got tickets. Um, and the story I tell people is my sister, uh, You know, she lives here in town and my sister said, hey, I can't wait for opening day to be there. And I go, well, you might not be there. She's like, What? I'm like, Well, we're gonna have capacity limits. And if we're sold out with the members, I don't have tickets to sell you. And and that's my own sister. Um, you know, just now again, she'll be on a wait list. If someone's not showing up, I'm gonna get my own sister in here. Don't think I'm a bad person, but at the same time, with capacity limits, I can't just create new seats.
0: Um, okay, well, that jumps right into where I was going next. Where can people go to Get tickets or the um, look into the red access stuff.
1: Yeah, uh, on our website, springfieldcardinals.com. Um, there's some different links regarding membership. You can fill out a, a request form, and someone will call you just to talk through the information for you. Um, you know, in our membership right now, you know, normally I'd want to get on a, a, a podcast and I want to talk about how amazing our membership is because you know, two years ago we switched from season tickets to memberships. And, and I will tell you, we didn't just change a word, we changed the product. Um, but right now, we do have to have a different set of rules just because we have different rules. So some of the benefits with memberships, we, we're not going to be able to offer to, to everyone. Um, but we are going to do the best that we can to keep growing into it. But go to our website, SpringfieldCardinals.com. Uh, Red Access Memberships is where you can click on the link. As far as individual game tickets, um, we're going to put those on sale just one month at a time. So uh, obviously capacity limits can change very quickly. So we will not put those on sale until, for the month of May until much closer to opening day. Awesome.
0: So you guys are, are going to gear up for a month of the taxi squad. Is that correct?
1: Uh, nope. We are not hosting the ultras. Oh. Um, we hosted it in uh, 2020. Um, It was a a great experience that we were thrilled to be able to help the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, But we are, we are not hosting that right now. Um, And man, I'll tell you, I'm really thankful for that too, because there's a lot of work. We still have to be ready for opening day. Um, But I think part of it is, is, you know, with the bears still playing, it would have been very difficult um, if not impossible to have a, an alternate site with the bears having home games.
0: That I didn't, that didn't even cross my mind. Um, So, Yeah. I, was that fun last year though, for you?
1: Um, I didn't really watch. And, and, and I think a lot of my friends were surprised by that, but uh, you know, they, just like MLB, you had a tier structure of tier one, tier two, and I was not in one of those tiers. So I avoided the players. I avoided the coaching staff. I did not go out and watch um, because that was not my role. And I did not you know, I wanted to respect the system they put in place to keep all the players safe. So Scott Smolzinski on our staff, uh, you know, he's the VP of uh, baseball and business operations, and he ran the alternate site. Um, he took care of the, the lodging, the player meals. Um, he's really the one that deserves all the credit for, for helping us get through that process. Um, you know, and we had a few other people on our staff that were part of the tier system too, but I wasn't. Um, me, I was excited on the principle of it, knowing that we were doing what we could to try to help out the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, but I wasn't here watching because I wasn't within the tears.
0: Yeah. Um, so something that happened last year that I noticed that I really enjoyed, and I don't know if it'll occur again, but the, uh, the fireworks, are they going to do that again this summer?
1: Um, not planning on it because I want people to buy tickets. <laughs> uh, You know, but but we'll look into it. I think that's something, you know, we've already mentioned once on this this call that the pandemic gave us an opportunity to revisit things we did as a business. And I think there's some great ideas that have popped up from it. Um, For us, we really got the opportunity to focus on being a good community member. Um, But, you know, one thing that did happen that I think we will continue is our track retreat program that we did for Halloween. I think we'll continue that. Um, we did a movie night for Valentine's day and I think that we'll continue programs like that. So I I think that it really did offer us some opportunities, specifically the fireworks shows. Um, I don't want to say no, but I'm also not signing the sheet saying yes. I think it's something we'll continue to evaluate.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was real fun. Um, last question on the, uh, on the start of the season here. Uh, when do, when do we, When can we expect uh, the boys to show up in town?
1: Uh, Not until May. You know, they are, uh, you know, right now, um, there's a lot of intake testing that's going on where the guys, they, they go to Florida, they've been quarantined for five days. Before they go to Florida, they take a a COVID test before they're kind of let into the bubble. Once they get a, a negative test back, then they'll start their minor league spring training. So Um, minor league spring training is getting ready to get underway. And so we really don't expect to have our, our Springfield players until uh, right around the first of May. Awesome.
0: Okay. So I got, I got three last questions. These are direct directly for you.
1: Um, What is your favorite ballpark food? My favorite ballpark food, um, whatever is unique to that ballpark. Uh, anytime I visit a ballpark, I'm always trying to see what their their favorite thing is, and I like that unique. Um, I think for us, when people come here, um, I always recommend that they try to visit the Budweiser Grill, uh, because I think when you get some of the, the hot dogs or brats or the Philly cheesesteak off the grill, they were great. Um, this year, we're looking at doing something new on the Budweiser Grill, so we'll kind of tease that a little bit. Um, but I also think our Cardinals Cantina is extremely good, and, and even my wife what I'll say is it went from, you know, telling her, Hey, I've got tickets in the all-inclusive area. She's like, no, that's okay. I'd rather sit down low and get the, uh, get, the cantina." so I, I just think it's a really high quality food. So me personally, anytime I go somewhere, I always want to try what's unique. Awesome.
0: Um, so do you have any superstitions either daily or, uh, in game?
1: Do I have any superstitions? Um, probably, but I don't realize them. <laughs> I, I used to, um, what I'll say is I definitely my first couple years here, uh, I would drink an energy drink. I would put on deodorant, um, more deodorant to clarify, I put it on in the morning too. And I would brush my teeth. And that was kind of my like pregame routine that I would do every game for, for a couple of years. Um, now I, what I try to do is to balance my day so that I can be standing at the main gate when the gates open. Um, and that's something I started right when I became general manager because I want to be accountable to fans and I want to be accessible to fans and I want to have a grasp on on what's going – the way that people feel about our organization. So I'd say that's probably the closest that I have is trying to always be right at the main gates when the gates open.
0: Okay, final one. This may be tough, and I don't even know if, you can, if you'll be able to uh, speak on this. Do you have a favorite – Springfield Cardinals season and or team?
1: A favorite Springfield Cardinals season and or team. Um, you know, I would say that 2018 um, would be my, I'll give you two of them actually, um, our season five because of the staff that worked here. And and we had that 2009 team. Um, what I will say is that I wasn't at a point yet in my career when I had all kinds of, you know, pressure and expectations. And so it was kind of more lighthearted and fun. Um, You know, my old boss was Kirk Elmquist, um, you know, our old broadcaster, Mike Linscog, and my buddy up in the video room, Jake Niemeyer. And the four of us just had a loud, outgoing, fun time in the office at all times. And I think that was a, a fun memory was then, um, but then I'll also say 2018 was my first full season as general manager, um, and I've actually got a, a painting that we commissioned uh, in my office that we made a print for everyone. But that year we had crazy amounts of rehab assignments, um, but then we also implemented a whole bunch of new programs that were geared at fan experience. And knowing that we had had done that, it felt great, and it was kind of a turning point in my career. So. I really love that first full season's general manager year. It just meant a lot to me personally. Um, But I also feel like our entire organization stepped up to make the fan experience better. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. No, I think we're all excited to get back to the field. And um, I mean, especially after last year and yeah, I mean, it's just, I'm ready. I know you're probably ready, but. um, Uh,
1: I'm not, I got, I got a lot more work to do before. (laughs) But I, I get the premise of why you say
0: it. <laughs> All right, Dan. Well, hey, I appreciate you coming on today. Um, and I hope everything you can get everything squared away over the next month. And um, we'll get ready for some baseball soon here in Springfield. Sounds great. We'll see you at Hammond's Field. Have a great
1: day. Again, that's Springfield
0: Cardinals general manager Dan Ryder stopping in on the Turn and Two podcast. That's going to be it, though. That's the show today. You can download Turn 2 on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Until next time, Cardinal fans, see ya.